comes to Mary Beverly says, This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And if you are welcome, uh, visiting with us today, we want to welcome you here this morning. And if you are joining with us online, we also want to welcome you this morning. Ask God to bless you. Get that touch to you. And as you continue, come and be a part of what God is doing here at Welcome to Mary Beverly Church. We have a few announcements on my show with you this morning. First thing I want to do is I welcome you to visiting. As you can fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of you, place it in the office, place it come around so you can have a rest of your visit. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, uh, let me share with you a little bit about what's happening at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. Today, uh, folks, we will have our regular services this evening. So we'll have uh, Resurrection Day Cantata at 430. We'll have evening worship at 6 o'clock. We'll have uh, Monday night at the Pottery Book Club at 6 o'clock. And of course, we'll move into Tuesday with our ladies' uh, Bible study at 9.30 and at 6.30. And then uh, Wednesday, we'll have our normal services at 6.30 here. And Thursday, men's Bible study at 6.30. So we're going to be a part of those things, our normal services this week. Uh, but coming up Saturday, we have something special. We're going to turn that over to Brad. And the kids.
bit different than it was the last couple of years. We had uh, a cultural explosion around. We had the flu back. Uh, it seems like in 2021, the flu just disappeared, didn't it? So in 20, now the flu is back. So we have some things like that out there. So if y'all would be in prayer for y'all throughout the trip. So really, honestly, we are very, very blessed from, uh, considering what's happening in the nation. So please continue to pray. A lot of times we got to pray for prayer for all of our family, our friends, our loved ones. On top of that, though, there's a horrible case of allergies going now. Uh, the cedar trees, and so we've been praying that God would go ahead and send that rain and knock that pollen down. It, it is big enough, you know. So uh, I have a lot of people come in saying, I can't stop itching, and that's what you know, cedar pollen is on your skin, on your eyelids, and of course on your nose. It's creating a lot of problems in there. Uh, so please be in prayer for those. With that being said, I think that is all of our upcoming events, and I think that is going to be uh, it for today. With that being said, let's go to the Lord and pray, let's be praying, and see the lives of the Father, because we are Jesus, praying, we are thank you so much for being here tonight this morning. I'm praying, Lord God, that you send a double of fifty percent of the today. If you had to fall down like rain, Lord God, that there would be worship in your house. Not just worship, Lord, but worship. Worship, Father God, we can lift you up, Lord, and exalt your holy and righteous name. And I pray, Father God, that as people see us worship you, Lord God, they would come and lay you in church, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would fix you up and open us up to your family, Lord God, and I pray that your will will be done. I pray, Lord, that you would work and you your heart and you to make a decision for you today. And I'm asking, Lord, that you do this. Lord, would you please reach out to those who are home sick and those, Father God, who couldn't make it to us and not feel well. Let them know we love them.
back to your seats. Let's all stand up and then we will start this service off by singing Great and Mighty.
get this paper, write down what inspired me, and then pick that up. While I was there, my future daughter-in-law looked at me like I was crazy. And I told her it's about the birds and the trees. Let me tell you about birds and bees and fleas this morning. Thank you. Picture of a flea this morning. There he is right there. Don't worry, that's the only picture of bugs this morning. I just want you to know there's all kinds of bugs in the Bible. That's a flea. Most of you hate them, don't you? In fact, if you could ask God anything, we think we would ask him something theologically. You know what? We'd ask God, why did you let fleas survive, wouldn't we? Or ticks. Or what? Mosquitoes? <laughs> what about spiders and stuff, right? Oh, goodness. There is a lot we can learn from bugs and birds in the Bible. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about ants and locusts. If you know grasshoppers. Incidentally, grasshoppers in Texas, I'm not from Texas, as you may know, but grasshopper in Texas means just about anything, doesn't it? It means katydid, it means cicada, it means locusts. It means cricket. It means screeching green hopping things. It's just a grasshopper. Don't worry about it. And they're everywhere in Texas. You know what I mean? And they're big. In certain areas, they get bigger than others. So, so you know, we, we've got some long, skinny grasshoppers, but it's nothing like the Hamilton Highway area. Those grasshoppers are big enough to stop your car. When they hit your car, you get hail damage. A big grasshopper. The Bible has lots to say about birds as well. It also has something to say about fleas. That's right. Fleas. Look at the first Samuel chapter 26, verses 17 to 20. The Bible says, Then Saul knew David's voice. And I'm going to give you the background in just a second. Saul knew David's voice and said, Is that your voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done, and what evil is in my hand? Now, therefore, please let my Lord the King hear the words of his servant. If the Lord has cheered you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the Lord. For they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. So now, do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to see a king as when one hunts his harvest in the mountains. He goes to the Lord and says, Father, come to me and see the children and thank you for your word. And we ask the Lord to take the heart of the Lord. If anybody, Father God, that hears your word, anybody hears your voice, may today be the day, Lord God, that they come out of their sinful state and into a born again state. May today be the day, Lord, they come to know you as personal Lord. I'm asking you, Lord God, to let your word work in our hearts and work in our lives. Teach us as we do study it. Speak to us, Father God. Help us to give up The background of this story is, of course, David is running from King Saul. This is the second time that David has had opportunity to kill King Saul, but he doesn't do it. First time, of course, he's in a cave, and we'll go about that context later on. But this time around, uh, King Saul and his entire army is sleeping in a field. And David and his men slip in where the king is sleeping, right next to the general. You're talking about the chief of security. And they're all sleeping. And David and his men walk up to King Saul. They take Saul's spear, 
and they take this jug of water. You know, the king has to fall asleep with a glass of water at his elbow. And so David then searched away quietly and then hollers out to the general and says, What kind of chief of security are you? You let me walk in and you let me walk out. And of course, there's a little bit of an argument. And finally, Saul administers that to David as he is bringing on this conversation that we have right now. Where David tells him, Why have you come out hunting me like a pulpit? And you know, Bible tells us that King Saul has been plagued by evil spirits. He's kind of demonic at this time. He is enraged with jealousy over King David, mostly because David had great success with Goliath. Y'all remember that? Uh, he had success there, and the people had started to fall in love with King David. Well, he, he's anointed king, but he's not king at the moment. Saul is still king, and people are starting to turn their hearts toward David. As David is running from uh, Saul's army, he helps his people as he goes. As he runs, he helps, he drives back the invading forces of the Bedouins, and he's keeping Israel secure from the Philistines, amongst others. He has about 600 men with him. And the Bible calls them great men of valor. Today we would say they were green berets or Navy seals. They are mighty men of valor. And David is running and running and running, and everywhere he comes across a hot spot of trouble for Israel, he ends it, making himself endeared in the heart of Israel. He protects the borders, he protects possession, he fixes problems, he's doing the job of the king without even being in the palace. And the whole time, King Saul, King Saul, is chasing him with the intention of killing him. With an army, mind you. Not by himself, with an army. Remember that army is supposed to be protecting Israel, but David and his 600 men are doing that. David has been forced into hiding, and this is, like I said earlier, the second time David could have killed Saul. Once he's in the cave, and now Saul, Saul was sleeping. And what did he learn then from the insects? Remember what David said? You come out like you're going to be hunting a partridge, but really you're chasing a king like me. You saw the picture of the flea I put up there earlier. They're pretty small in your mind's eye. Can you look at a flea right now? Have you ever seen a flea circus? Most of you say no. Most say no. They're jumping little things, aren't they? They jump everywhere. You got a, a dog or a cat in the house, there's nothing worse than when they bring fleas in, amen? And most of you start hating that. Some people will say there will not be an animal in my house. Why not leave for you? If you live in Texas, there's a bug in your house somewhere. What can we learn from insects and birds in the Bible? Now, let's take quickly now a look at what we can learn from ants. We'll come back to trees in just a second. But ants, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 8, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her fruit in the harvest. Take a look at just a little bitty, teeny, tiny, helpless ant all by itself. Remember, you ever did that as a You ever sit out on the sidewalk and found that one little fire ant? I know you did, because you were like me. You were sitting there, you were bored, you were supposed to be doing your homework, but you went outside and mom and dad weren't noticing. And you sat down on the front porch and you sat down on the sidewalk and that wonderful Texas sunshine was coming down on you and it was just kissing your skin and you were saying, praise God! And you looked down and saw the bay of humanity. 
talk about this quickness, so you can say it, isn't it? Some of you do, don't you? Some of you have never had my touching on that day, but you don't know. You don't know. There's a lot of that business. You know, there's no other answer to that. It's just working. It's just not just bold. It's not bold, but it's just bold. Go, 
two sparrows sold for a copper penny, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from the Father's will. In other words, not one of them dies without God knowing about it. Not one of them dies in vain. Not one of them dies without God knowing about it. And look at verse 30. But the very sinners of this earth are all condemned. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many. Right, Becky is scared to death of spiders. She has arachnophobia, and it's only been worse since she has four boys in Australia. They found out about it, and they torment their poor mother with spiders. When I was a kid, I would pick up a spider with my hands. You know, I would me at all, and put it on me, throw it at my brothers. We did that. I mean, the big old wolf spiders would climb up the wall. Yeah, they bite. Yeah, they sting, but we didn't care. We used to throw them at each other. It was a lot of fun. So I got older and I realized I don't like pain that hurts me. True. I got to say, that's not the dumbest thing I've ever done. Oh, some of the spiders. Why is the hand all swollen? Oh, just a spider. Why don't they all right? What is wrong with you, man? Let's look at David now. Look at me in verse 20 again. There in verse 7 and 23. Go now, says David. Do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to speak his when one hunts his partridge in the mountain. Very nice contrast in that verse. A flea and a partridge. Birds and fleas. We've got that contrast I want you to see and I want you to pay attention to this morning. We've got that contrast that means so much to us. You came out, King Saul, as if you were hunting a partridge. We can all agree on that. But we all are in a Baptist church, and so commandments always play a big game. Everything you do, don't take it. was not a period after that, so therefore it doesn't mean it. We just have theological folks that here, don't we? Partridges make more noise than fleas do, don't they? But not quite as much noise as potatoes. Somebody say amen. Partridges are prettier, aren't they? And I want you to get the image of the partridge family out of your mind, right? Partridges are prettier. Nothing else partridges can do. They can fly. Come on. They can fly. In fact, I gave you a picture of a partridge. In case some of you didn't know what it was. We don't eat them hardly anymore, so most of us don't know what they are. You say, is that a relative of a quail? I mean, but it's not a quail. It's a partridge. You ever sang that? Well, David. than a flea. It's a little bit noisier than a flea. It's a little bit prettier. Well, a whole lot prettier. So maybe that picture of me I put up there. You do not want to put that flea in your mouth. Somebody say amen. However, if you pluck the feathers off of that thing, you might get a nice young fish out of it. Or a chicken nugget anyway. That's the difference between a flea and a flea. And being a 
yourself. I know you're looking for a partridge, but I'm just a flea. And that's why you can't find me, because you're looking for something I'm not. If you want to get that spiritual war off of your shoulders, quit acting like you're a partridge and start being what God calls you to be. Start doing what God calls you to do. What did He tell you to do? Humble yourself in His sight, and He will lift you up. Quit being a partridge. Partridges don't need anyone to say, notice me. We notice them wherever we go. They're beautiful. They sing good. They taste good. Please, however, You get a chance when you're humbled 
you get to bite back. And you know what? That feels so good, doesn't it? Oftentimes we think that we don't get to do anything and we can't fight back in the spirit of warfare. No. When you humble yourself, you can be one irritating, itchy thing. That's right. You can fight them back. You can create all kinds of friction and problems. And there's nothing worse than when you're chasing somebody and you got to stop and shoot. As a free, you get to fight back. How do we do that? How do we get to fight back? How do we get to fight back in our spiritual warfare? So long, we've just taken it. We've just run. We've just saying, I've got to hide. I've got to keep moving on. But you know what? We don't have to do that anymore. We have power in the name of Jesus. We have power in His precious blood. We have the ability to turn around to the devil and say, Get thee behind me, you little rat. I am putting you under my feet. Go back to where you belong. Away from my family. Away from my church. Away from my loved one. As a free, you can fight back. Remember, partridges may be prettier and they may be more attractive and they may seem well, but their bite is pretty good. That seems kind of a little sweet. Pack some punch and bite that good. How do we do that? Well, the key is once we become dependent on God. We need to learn to become obedient to God. We need to learn to become resolute in what we're doing with God. And we need to become God's people. God's people. God's people are people of God's people are people of principle. God's people are people of prayer. And that's how we start humbling ourselves. And that's how we start getting out of the devil's sight. When we get away from the devil, when we start moving into God's 
will, we become people of priority. And that priority is to be with God's people. Look again at Psalm 122, verses 1 uh, through 3 here. I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. When's the last time church has become joyful for you? When's the last time it's something you enjoy to do? Have you ever sat there saying, I don't really want to go, but I feel obligated to go? You know what the problem is there? The problem is, is your relationship with God is suffering. When your relationship with God is correct, then you have a joy being in your house. I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. It is a priority. The Bible tells us not to neglect the fellowship of the believers. The Bible tells us that when two or three are gathered in His name, there He is with us. I want to stop and talk about that for just a second. When two or three are gathered in His name. Have you ever stopped to think about that? What does that mean? Well, number one, when Christians get together, we start agreeing on things. And when we agree on things, we realize there's power in numbers. When we start agreeing on things, we start realizing we can work together. When we start working together, we start accomplishing things. And when we accomplish things that is in God's will, we start leading the lost to Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a priority in God's house. That's the kind of people we're supposed to be. We gather together. We praise God. We agree together. We reach the lost because we're doing what God called us to do. Priority. You want to be one of God's people? Get involved in God's house. God's people are people of priority. Where's your priority at? My priority isn't the house of God. You know why it isn't the house of God? Because God isn't your priority. People tell me that all the time. I can worship God without being in church. That's true, you can. That's that's can't put some bits now on what we just said there. For two or three are gathered in his name. There he is. When you're there by yourself, you're missing out on the blessing of the very presence of God. Somebody say amen. You need to get together with his people. And when you get together with his people, you will agree together. When you agree together, you'll work together. And when you'll work together, you'll evangelize together. And this world has no chance when Christians get together and agree. Not a chance. The gates of hell will never prevail against this church. Priority. Principle. We also need to become people of principle. What are our principles? What are our principles? I love how Christians get together. We think we can list our principles on a piece of paper, don't we? Let me tell you right now, if you really sit down and list everything that we're supposed to be principled about, you would never, there wouldn't be enough paper in the world, would there? We're not supposed to stop. Psalm 122. Look at me in verse 4 and 5. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, the testimony of Israel, he gives thanks to the name of the Lord. The thrones are set there for judgment. The thrones are the house of David. Psalm 122, verse 4 and 5. Our principles. Where are the tribes are? What do the tribes do? They give thanks. Thank you. 
about you. Say what you hear about Judgment day is coming. Judgment day will come. And when judgment day comes, we will all be there. The difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is when you stand on judgment day, you can say, by the grace, by the power, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been forgiven because He is my Lord, He's my Savior. And my testimony is, He saved me, He bought me, He redeemed me, He renewed me. I am born again into His kingdom with a brand new name and a brand new body. And I have proof of a brand new people that I work with. Principle. We are people of priority and we are people of principle. What is the principle? That we give thanks to the name of the Lord. It's time for the church to stand up and put thanks out to God for all things. And you thank God today for the freedom to be here. If you live in Ukraine, you would be shaking in your boots right now. As Russia bears down upon us. Bears down in deciding whether or not they were here. They can imagine that. And the rest of the world holds its breath collectively. What happened to us? What happened to a nation that would be like the locust and rise up and drive them back to where they came from? We lost the will to do anything. We lost the will to protect ourselves. We lost the will to stand up for what's right.
Psalm 122 says is to rest in four verses. Praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Praying. Praying. Praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Why? That may not seem like it's a big deal to live here in the United States of America. I don't see no separate. U.S.A. What's that stab in the middle of Jerusalem? Come out of your mind. They be all USA. You're right in the middle of it. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper throughout you. Why do we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? You know what we're saying when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem? That the return of the king. When we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we're saying Jesus Christ will return and set up his kingdom and reign, and there'll be no end to his kingdom. There'll be no sorrow there. There'll be no suffering there. There won't be a single tear there. I just make it sure I'm going. Somebody say amen. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they talk to you guys. For people of prayer. People of prayer. Are you praying for more than that? Are you praying for more America has prayed for the 
back as Billy Graham got older and older and older, we wanted to do the stand up and kill his feet. We wanted to stand here. We wanted to stand up and rise up. We watched people start to come up and then all of a sudden they fell away. And it seems like right now, if you become a famous teller evangelist, you're the next one to fall. And we wanted to do it. Still,